0: All right, AFC North fans, we are wrapping up our AFC North division crossover. It's Valentine's Day. I don't know if you're aware, gentlemen, as football fans, that Valentine's Day is happening. Make sure you do something nice if you got a late uh, mm, partner. Or your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Significant other. For your partner, for your mom, (laughs) for your daughter, whoever it is, for your son, I don't care. Be nice to people. But in the spirit of Valentine's Day, we are going to talk about players that we, uh, we covet. We're going to talk about covetous love today on the AFC North crossover. And we're going to look at free agents from other teams that we like. And, and we'll get the, the take from that team about how good that player could be in another situation. And we can just start, Joe, right, right off the bat with, uh, pick a name from our list. You want to start Javon Hargrave? You want to start Joe oh, yeah. Schobert? Where do we want to go?
1: No, I want to start with Hargrave. I think, uh, you know, he was my man coming out, so I, I've had an eye on him. And I think that happens in the NFL, too, these GMs, they they like these guys. They can't get them in the draft. And then they, they kind of watch them for four years until they're available. But uh, so he's always been a guy to me that I think if, you know, he, there was an increased amount of snaps for him, if he could play even more, maybe even in, a, in an even front, a four-man front more often, uh, he can be that one AD tackle but uh, Chris I want to get your take on Hargrave do you think he's back with the Steelers at all is there any chance for that and if not um, he
2: ain't right. like <laughs> So, ain't wh-
1: what's your take on
2: him oh no I, I love Hargrave I love watching him. they call him the grave digger um he he wins those those uh those lower leverage battles um a- as a rookie he he was he was showing up early and how he could be effective he sacked Tom Brady a couple times uh, you know the the guy's tough. he He knows how to get under people. He knows how to work. Um, and, and talking to him, he, he's he's a real cool dude. like, you know, I try to ask him about like different techniques and stuff. He's like, man, I just get under people and push. like he he's uh, he's a very cool. He's a very funny guy to talk to. Uh, but he, he's a, he's a team player. He works with he works with other guys that aren't, you know among the starters to help them improve their technique. Um hundred percent would love to have him on any team uh, the Steelers are just in a situation where their, their cap is tight. You know, they're paying Ben Roethlisberger. They're getting ready to pay TJ Watt, probably going to pay Bud Dupree. Um, you know, they they got a lot of players they're already paying for and just a third interior defensive lineman um, is just, it's, it's kind of out of the question when, you know, you got Cam Hayward who's first team all pro and Stefan to who could be first team all pro if, if he, if he's healthy and has a full, a full year, like he did the first six games of uh of 2019 so whoever gets Javon Hargrave is going to love him and uh he deserves all he he deserves all the money that gets that gets him in this contract
0: are you gonna be jealous are you gonna be a spurned ex-girlfriend watching him carefully from afar
2: no I don't I'm not I'm not one of those people I know some people are you know it 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 breaks people's hearts when they see their favorite but no I I like I like you just seeing players succeed I'm not one of those guys that uh yeah, it says, "Oh no!" Like, like when Rod Woodson got got his Super Bowl ring. And I was a kid, but when Rod Woodson got his Super Bowl ring as a Raven, I was I was like, "Heck yeah, go ahead, Rod Woodson!" And this is a kid who, like, I, when I saw him, I was five. Like, I don't even remember, but like that's just how I was. I've always been like, you know, players got to get their money from somewhere. Now, if you if you leave the way Antonio Brown left, that's a different story. That you you burned a lot of bridges. You were very disrespectful. You know, th- those are those are different situations. But Javon Hargrave, he's been good about everything. He gave his all. Um, and, uh, but, but, I mean, he was a very good stealer. It's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunately, it's a cap casualty. Um, if, if he goes to the Ravens and then, and, and they, and he does what if he goes to the Bengals or the Browns, if he goes, well, it's fine. Um, you know, I, I know like you, uh, Jake, you got a lot of experience with that with Kimo Von O'Hoff and breaking y'all hearts. So, um, you know, it's, I understand that some people may feel that way, but that's not how we roll here.
0: That's unacceptable behavior. And, uh, I'm calling the police. Let's go to our next free agent. corner. <laughs> let's go let's go to Jeff. Jeff, who is a free agent from another AFC North team that uh that you will be interested in signing this offseason and then whoever is a team uh podcast host for that team, we can speak to it.
3: Um all right, so you guys went this way. Um Kevin, I, I'd be peeking in the doors personally at Michael Pierce. Um the they have the two athletic defensive tackles here in Cleveland, and Larry Ogunjobi. And it's, it's, I love the fact that he is so into his health and his fitness and battles against childhood obesity. But like, it's gotten to the point now where Larry Ogunjobi, you look at him now, it's like, well, are you a D tackle now because you're kind of built like an edge, and you know, you always need that, you know, basically the bag of dirt in the ass defensive tackle, Michael Pierce know, um, obviously Michael's had his, you know, ups and downs in Baltimore. Um, this is a guy if he becomes available and I can get that absolute just, you know, bowling ball anchor type of guy on the interior and I can have athletes in the defensive line running around him very much intrigues me. Michael Pierce.
4: Yeah, well, I'll give you a little bit of insight on Michael Pierce here. The undrafted guy out of Samford, the Ravens, obviously have a lot of success with their undrafted rookie-free agents, and Michael Pierce is another one who blossomed and really provided the Ravens with some stability. Now, Brandon Williams is another star defensive tackle. He was a third-round guy, but when Brandon Williams was out with an injury, Michael Pierce really stepped in and played that role for Baltimore, and what Baltimore does in their technique is they try to play them both At the same time, but the issue with that for Baltimore is they are both commanding double teams. They are both penetrating within the run game, but where the Ravens struggled is most of us. In fact, all of us know is with the pass rush getting interior pass rush. And neither Brandon Williams nor Michael Pierce have contributed a ton in that category. I mean, on the season, Michael Pierce only had half a sack. In his career, Michael Pierce only had three and a half sacks. So the issue for the Ravens is are they going to pay, you know, top dollar to bring back a guy who's obviously loved in the locker room, has been great for Baltimore. The Ravens would love to have him back. But do they fit with that technique? And with Michael Pierce, there's a sincere and a real possibility that he walks here, not because he doesn't want to stay in Baltimore. He's expressed the fact that he does want to stay. But with Michael Pierce, you have to understand that within the Ravens scheme, they might be looking at a guy to pair on the inside with Brandon Williams like a Chris Jones. That's the dream scenario for Baltimore. Javon Hargrave, we just talked about guys who understand that, you know, yeah, I can penetrate the run, but my real prowess comes in the pass rush. So with Michael Pierce in the Browns, the fit there, I think it would be fine. But with the Ravens, they have to really realize that are you going to pay top dollar to two defensive tackles when there are needs in other areas like interior pass rush, like on the edge? Maybe you in a receiver. So I love Michael Pierce and everything he brings to the table. The real question here for Baltimore is does he fit in the defense anymore?
3: It don't matter. He ain't got to play third downs for me anyway. So for me, <laughs> I'm good.
0: So talking about Chris Jones going on that for just a second here. PFF has an an out uh, over the cap sorry has him projected to get an 18 million dollar annual average salary Kevin where are the ravens getting that money that's the issue and i think with with baltimore you have
4: to see that they have just just under 27 million dollars in cap space and that can kind of go up and down with with tony jefferson potentially being cut and he i think will get cut the ravens just extended their new starting safety chuck clark I don't think they're going to pour that much money into Chris Jones. I think if that's what he's demanding, and he should, he's a phenomenal player, I think the Ravens look elsewhere, and I think that a Javon Hargrave could be that guy kind of taking it a a tier down, for for lack of a better term. But with Chris Jones, that's really the dream scenario for Baltimore. Do they pay the $18 million to Chris Jones, or do they pay the $18 million to Jadavian Clowney or even Matt Judon, right? It's a thing with Baltimore where they have to understand that they have cap space they have the cap space to work around and fill a few holes on the roster but that i don't think they're going to and they haven't been the team to really put all their money into one guy i think they're going to spread it out and look if they can get a guy at a 14 million dollar a year or 13 million dollar a year i think baltimore pulls the trigger on that 10 times out of 10 but when you start getting into the 17 18 19 million dollar range i think eric to will kind of shy away from that and look for more bargain deals
0: yeah, it's interesting, actually. I think all the AFC North teams, except the Browns, really don't play in the Tier 1 deals a whole lot in free agency. If they do, it's pretty infrequent. You see that a little bit more from Cleveland, but even even in Cleveland, I don't think you see a ton of it. Like, your big acquisition is, is a trade in Odell Beckham this year. Let's get to the rest. The rest. There's two more teams. We'll get to a free agent from another AFC North team that Pittsburgh is interested in and that Baltimore is interested here in just a minute. All right, so (laughs) we're back into the last half of the last show of this week of the AFC North crossover, and we're talking about free agents from other teams within the AFC North that we covet. And, Chris, we're going to talk about the Steelers, and I won't be surprised if you say, we don't give a shit about you other AFC North teams. I just want to keep my own, guys, because the rest of you suck. But... On the off chance, I
3: expect no
2: different.
0: On the off chance that one of the players on a different AFC North team is interesting to you for the Steelers this year, who might that be?
2: Well, first and foremost, you are correct. The Steelers' top goal is to, is to bring back Bud Dupree and and keep their their edge rushing duo uh, together to carry to carry the defense. So, I mean, if they do that, I think that they they'll feel very confident about uh, about their free agency period. Um, But if I were to pick two and and I'm being realistic with what the Steelers could maybe afford, uh, you know, considering that they're very low in cap space and they're probably going to use a good chunk to uh, to get Bud Dupree once they cut some guys and make some moves two guys, both from the Browns. uh, You might find surprisingly that that kind of say, you know what, they'd be worth a cheaper contract. Uh, Tight end Ricky Seals Jones and uh, safety Justin Burris um the the Steelers still need to address the backup tight end position uh they've been uh you know they they tried to bring in Nick Vanette you know know, they'll either make a a cheap deal with him this offseason or let him go into free agency um you know Vance McDonald presumably still going to be the starter he's another guy that you could save a lot of money if you get rid of but then if they do that they have no tight ends um, and, uh, with that, I think what they'll end up doing is keep Vance around for another year, um, and then either restructure or get rid of him next year. Um, and then they'll bring in either a veteran or they'll draft a guy in like the fourth or fifth round and let him battle out with Zach Gentry in the, in the, in the, in the in training camp. But, uh, the Steelers also need a depth safety guy behind Edmonds and uh, Fitzpatrick. They have a, you know, they got Jordan Dangerfield, who's kind of just there because he's survived, training camp and he was the reserve guy for several years. So he knows the defense to call it and uh, he's gotten good at that, but he's not a playmaker. He's not a guy that's going to break on any footballs. And, uh, you know, just looking at Burris and, you know, he, he has, he did have some breakups. He did force a fumble. He did get two picks, Um, you know, that that's the kind of what they'd be looking for. And uh, if if they could get him for, for on the cheap and, you know, not busting, you know, breaking the piggy bank open, I I think that that would be the smartest move, but the the Steelers, they made their splashes in free agency last year. You know, they, they, they went and got Steven Nelson who really shored up the second cornerback position. This is the first time anyone in Pittsburgh could say they got two confident cornerbacks uh, since the Ike Taylor to Townsend days of the, of the late 2000s. So um, this year they're going to be uh, spending light on other teams and just securing their guys. But uh, but please, Jeff, tell me about these guys and how much either bums or how undervalued these guys are.
3: Um. Well, I, I'll never speak ill on Ricky Seals Jones. Actually, you know, Ricky was nice right, enough to nice. come on the show. And the thing with Ricky is, I, I don't. You know, if you're looking for the second tight end, you're probably looking for a guy who's going to bring some plus blocking. Um, and that's the thing with Ricky and Ricky even admitted it. He's like, look, you know, I was a, you know, he was a five-star recruit as a wide receiver. Obviously he, you know, even at the end of his Texas A&M days, everybody knew you are a tight end. That's where this is headed. Athletic tight end, move tight end. He can still do wide receiver things. And that's where the Browns eventually found a role for him. He admitted himself, like my stance is still a work in progress. My blocking is still a work in progress. That's where, you know, and this is, we say, how many tight ends do we say this about? We all want the guy that does everybody. Look, you know, George Kittles don't grow on trees. You know, we, we know what two, three, and four tight ends look like. Everybody wants the Kittle guy. Um, with Ricky, I mean, it certainly could be a possibility. Uh, the Browns have five tight ends under contract right now. They're going to want somebody who could, you know, be a more of a blocker. Why John Dorsey ever let Daniel fell uh, Darren Fell's go to pay one million more to so Harris? Like. God, one of the dumber moves I've ever seen in my life. But that's fine. I, I digress. Justin Burst is interesting because the Browns need safety help. They probably need at least two, whether it's a starter through free agency and a high draft pick, you know, it, you know, obviously come April. But the issue is, is you look at this safety class, it's – there's a couple names that you really like, and then it's, hey, day three guys. You can't count on any one of those guys to start. Um, They do have uh, Sheldrick Redwine, who they drafted. He actually – Played pretty well down the stretch, which was surprising because he was literally like safety six at the time. But Burris, you talk about – I can't stress this enough about this guy. He was with the Raiders, got cut uh, on a Thursday. The Browns signed him on a Friday. He got here on Saturday, started, played every snap on the Sunday night game against the Rams, had a PFF grade of like 83. You love guys that retain information, guys that are smart, I would love him back because in a pinch if I know I got to throw Justin Burris out there to start I know he's going to do everything that you're going to ask him to do within his physical obviously limitations. So it'll be interesting and he's you know he's kind of had like a couple of cup of cups of coffee with the Browns and now that you know obviously everything's changed where does he stand here? He's an interesting name. I'd bring him back in a heartbeat. Um I've seen a former cornerback so you know he's got the ball skills. He's going to be interesting but you know the Browns are in the, in whether, you know, you know, and they were great with saying, you know, these are our players, everybody's Browns. We know how front offices work. Everybody knows it. And you tend to start to move on to build a roster that you put together. I'd say maybe one or one of the two actually hit the mark. And if I had to say, I'll say it would probably be Ricky Seals Jones. Cool
0: those are some interesting names talking about some of the back of the roster guys. We, we started out with some of the bigger name free, although Michael Pierce only projected by over the cap to get a $5 million deal. I don't think it would necessarily surprise anyone if he does a little bit better than that, but Kevin all week, we have started with the Ravens The Ravens of course, winning the AFC North and being as the winners go first today, the winners go last Kevin and free agency. Who are you looking at? Is there anybody from the other AFC North teams that's interesting to you? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a different feeling here, kind
4: of wrapping up the show, but i'm I'm gonna take a Bengals guy here getting everybody's takes and uh, with with you, Joe, and Jake. And I think that I'm gonna go with a j. Green here and the guy who's been dubbed the Raving filler. I've talked about it all week. And I mean, here's the saying, right? If you can't beat him, have him join you. And with AJ Green, has been so dominant, especially against the Ravens, and there have been the, the reports out there that the Bengals fully plan to franchise tag him, but then there's been a bit of pushback from AJ Green, it looks like, talking about how the franchise tag isn't the best thing, so let's say the Bengals maybe do franchise tag AJ Green, and uh, he doesn't like it, maybe he holds out, That that's not like him, but maybe he does, and the Bengals are forced to trade him do you think Baltimore would be a good destination for him or let's say maybe AJ Green you know gets some respect from the Bengals organization in terms of them saying maybe okay yeah you've done a lot for our organization we'll let you explore your options and then he maybe chooses to go to Baltimore I guess Joe I'll start with you and then Jake I also want to hear what you have to say how much of a realistic possibility is it that AJ Green might come to Baltimore and if he does how good of a fit do you think it would be
1: Man, I, I still think he's going to end up in Cincinnati somehow, some way, because everything you hear from him, from the team, from whatever leaks out, is that it's a marriage they want to continue. And I think the Bengals are in a tough situation. I think A.J. Green's in a tough situation. He really doesn't have much leverage after you missed the last year and a half. And the last time we seen him, he caught one deep pass, a vertical sideline ball the entire first half of that year. That was it, just one. That's what he used to be known for. Instead, when we last saw him in 2018, uh, he was moved into the slot, caught a lot of touchdowns out of there. He was um, a productive player as a more of a secondary option. And I I kind of wonder at 32, is he still that number one guy? It feels like he is because of his pedigree, because of what he's done his entire career. Uh, and he says he is, you know, of course, he's going to say that, but how do you pay him? How do you even franchise tag him at this point and give him that that big one-year uh, salary, and guaranteed money? I think they're in a tough situation. I think if he did explore free agency, if it got to that point – I'd be very interested in what teams and what offers he could field. Uh, what are you paying him for? You're paying him for, for what he was three years ago? Or are you paying him, you know, because you hope he can be better because his workout will look good? I think it's a tough situation for everyone involved, but I do think they slap the tag on him and then try and work out a deal. and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of the rare situations where a deal actually does get worked out before the summer.
0: I would be. I I really, because of Paul Daner Jr.'s comments, right? Like, I talked to him about it a couple of days ago, and he put it in his athletic column that the Bengals are just, they're really hesitant to pull the trigger until they know he's healthy. Well, they can't know he's healthy until the season happens. So, you know, you get into a chicken and an egg thing there. When you franchise tag a guy, you can't extend him during the season. So if they franchise him and they don't get the long-term deal done, which means the Bengals need to take a, a huge amount of risk, right? Because they're going to have to guarantee a lot of that money. I just, I, I, I would be surprised. I think to see a, a long-term deal get done. But as, as Joe said, I think there's every indication, and as you said, Kevin, there's every indication that the Bengals are committed to the franchise tag here. And then, if you're talking about a trade to the Ravens, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't it imagine yeah hey, i can I can dream i can dream a little bit man. i mean darquez denard went on george Iloco's podcast and and that came yep. out today and and crez is just like pay the man he's he's not he they talked about a hometown discount there's not gonna be a hometown discount pay the guy and if if darquez denard is saying that as a guy who's on the defensive side of the ball doesn't really isn't even isn't even beholden to the bengals next year because he's a free agent uh I think that speaks to the character you get with AJ Green, and the fact that if you do pay him, maybe it doesn't backfire. Let's go around the the table here. We're wrapping up here. We're 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 closing the AFC North uh, division crossover. Any closing remarks, guys? As as we we're going into the combine. We're we're what two weeks away. We're going into the draft. Lots of stuff's going to change between now and the next time we talk. Let's get some closing remarks. Let's start with you, Jeff.
3: Um, for me, it's the most interesting thing is you know is maybe the hire today of Ryan Gregson because everybody got so fired up about like they literally think like you know there's going to be like you know a machine that produces you know what the the Browns draft picks are. You know, Ryan Gregson, take them however you want. I mean, there's good, there's bad, but I'm literally fascinated because this is kind of how we do our draft work here. We want them to meet an athletic profile. We want them to meet a production profile. We don't want them to be 23, about to be 24 years old. We prefer the fact that, you know, they, you know, are not screw ups. They don't have multiple DWIs. Um, so the way this front office is set up for this draft is the way we kind of cover the draft on On Browns. So we're really intrigued to see how all this plays out. Um, some of the key needs in Cleveland don't necessarily match up with this draft class. Tight ends, safeties, Example of it. Offensive tackle looks really, really good. Um, and it's also going to be, you know, the evaluation of what is currently here. This wide receiving core, I thought was fantastic going into the 2019 season. And right now it maybe consists of, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. We thought this wide receiver group had teeth and like length to it. Do, do they think more at the running back position is needed? Um, you know, Stefanski was here, what, 10 days before Kareem Hunt got pulled over by a police officer with alcohol, traces of marijuana in the car, and told a police officer, I I can't pass a test right now. So maybe you need a running back. I mean, there's – and. A lot of parts of the onion need to go down here and, you know, we'll get through indie here and you get, you know, start to get to more finalized, you know, uh, on players. Did they meet this? Did they meet that? I'm excited for it. And this is the part I love, you know, the in season is great. And look, I, I'd love to win. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to talk about football games in January. I really would. But, you know, this is maybe the ingrained part of me, uh, you know, with being maybe a draft guy at heart. I love this part. I love roster construction, and I'm really just a unified front is going to do. There's always the Jimmy Haslem factor, though. All
0: right, let's get to you, Chris. Uh, closing remarks. Things you're excited for this off season. What are you looking for?
2: Well, actually, it's really interesting that uh, to, we do this episode t- today because earlier today, Steelers uh, general manager Kevin Colbert had a big meeting with the media. Uh, my colleague Dale Lawley was there and got some interesting stuff from him. And all Colbert did was just further solidify their belief, beliefs in Ben Roethlisberger. Not, of course, for the long term, but they said, you know, they've been checking up with their doctors. And Pittsburgh is well known for having some, having great doctors and, you know, UPMC and several uh, and just being extremely reliable in that department. Um, and they're very confident that everything's on schedule with what he's been going through. But Colbert also made some interesting remarks as far as defending the philosophy of where they're going about defense. And he brought up the fact that in, uh, in Ben Roethlisberger's time, he said they're 120 and 21 in games where Ben Roethlisberger starts and the defense allows 21 points or fewer. And uh, that kind of solidified to me the same thing, what I've been saying Pretty much, you know, for the past three months, is that if if the the, the way the defense, the the Steelers defense has been going, they're not going to be asking Ben Roethlisberger to put up thirty points like they did, you know, in twenty seventeen, and twenty sixteen, and twenty fifteen. They're going to be asking him, hey, just get us a couple touchdowns. The Steelers offense with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph averaged about eighteen point one points per game, and that was about it. And and they had no run games. The receivers kept getting hurt. There was, there was nothing, there was no balance to anything. They were one of the worst offenses in the league. If they can get that up there to 24 points a game. and, And with Ben Roethlisberger being back and maybe a bolstered run game, I think that this is a completely different team. And, a lot of people, you know, yesterday you guys were talking. about, Oh, they would. There's no chance the Steelers make the playoffs, and uh, but you know, a lot of people seem to forget how the Niners were this down and out team last year. To get a quarterback and an early pick in uh, in Bosa. And all of a sudden, they've they, you know they're they're competing in the Super Bowl. I, I I'm not saying the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl, but I think the Steelers and Kevin Colbert, the fact that he's sticking around for, for more time with the Steelers, that should that's uh, that that should be a, uh, a a good sign to all Steelers fans out there that the Steelers do have a good stable sense of where they're going this offseason and know exactly what they're hitting for and I don't think they need to make huge moves just make the smart moves to, like I said, bolster the run game, protect Ben from having to throw a lot and uh, keep that defense together if they're healthy, they'll do fine
0: Yeah, I don't know that anyone was necessarily saying there's no chance the Steelers make the playoffs this year, I think it was more of a let's wait and see how the offseason goes we'll wrap up though Uh
2: and there's no early pick
0: there is no early pick. There's no Nick Bosa coming. That's true. No but, that's
2: right. no, but they had they had already had a top five defense, and they needed the Niners needed Bosa to get a, to get a defense that was in that range. But the point is, they don't need that top five pick to get there.
0: Uh-huh. So we're gonna to go to Kevin to wrap up here. Yeah, wrapping up again here, and you know I'll go with my
4: Ravens news of the day, I guess, and say uh, Eric Weddle, the former Raven, had some pretty nice things to say about the organization, talking about how he feels like he is a Raven after spending all that time in formerly San Diego and well, now is Los Angeles, saying that you know his departure from San Diego wasn't the best thing in the world, and of course it wasn't if you kept up with it, but the Ravens really provided him with a family. And he said that he's open to doing some scouting on the West Coast for the Ravens as soon as this offseason, saying that he doesn't know what he wants to do long term. But these comments for me pretty much solidify in what all Ravens fans, all Ravens Nation has been thinking here, that this organization is world class, top of the notch. And ever since the Ray Rice debacle and what happened with him, there's really been an organizational wide shift in the values and in Just understanding that football goes beyond, you know, the on the field aspect. There's a human aspect to every single one of these players, and Eric Weddle and and his experience in Baltimore just shows, you know, how much football can not only impact players and communities, fans, whoever may be on the field, but also off of it as well. In terms of looking at the offseason, I'm excited. I mean, how could I not be? Right, 14 and two. But we're talking about a team that I've mentioned has just under $27 million in cap space. They have a few clear needs. They don't really have to guess and say, OK, we might be getting production from here. We might not be getting it from here. The Ravens obviously need a pass rush. Matthew Judon going into free agency. It's going to be interesting to see. Do the Ravens take that tag-and-trade approach with Judon, like, you know, maybe trading and getting a package like the Seahawks got for Frank Clark or the Chiefs got for D. Ford and then bringing in a Jadevian clown. Do they go after a Chris Jones? Do they target Emmanuel Sanders? Right, There are needs, but they have the cap space to operate, and they don't necessarily have to sign a huge, huge free agent in order to stay competitive. The Ravens have a schedule that is favorable. They have the talent on the offensive side of the ball that if you add a receiver or two could get even more dangerous. Now, do they go the physical route with a receiver? Do they go the speed route, kind of like the Chiefs? On defense, do you bring back your own? And Judon, do you bring in another guy like a clowny Shaq barrett any of those guys you need interior pressure there's probably a depth safety there the ravens have their picks this year they have a second round pick which is something they did not have last season hey i'm all for the ravens getting to the super bowl and i've been saying for the last year or so that this upcoming year is the ravens year so i'll end it gracefully like jeff did and say the baltimore ravens are your afc north 2020 champions and i'm gonna go farther than that and say, the Baltimore Ravens, you're 2020-2021 Super Bowl champions.
0: <laughs> Man, I, I don't know how you can – I just – I'm not in the prediction business myself. and so Neither am I. I'm just saying. <laughs> in, in February 2020, the only way that comes out of my mouth is if I'm trying to incite a reaction. And the reaction that you're getting from me is a little incredulous that, that – that, I mean, you and Jeff both, all you guys that are ready to make predictions yesterday. I just – I don't know how you do it in February – Joe, we didn't get our last word in here. We're looking forward to Joe Burrow and a very important offseason in Cincinnati, but why don't you get your last thoughts? And you haven't been here all week, so you get to talk for a little bit to close things out.
1: No, I'll I'll be quick with mine um, because we got one thing new coming that excites us and then something that uh, is is always true. Uh, Number one, it's Joe Burrow, and we hope that, you know, he can save a franchise that has come up short in almost every way possible since I've been alive. And number two, fuck the Steelers. and I'm out. Now, well, tell us how you really feel.
0: Oh, no, that, that's a good conclusion, I think. That's a good way to end. I think Joe speaks for all of us.
2: This isn't a family show? What just
0: happened? Well, you could take that part out of the Steelers show.
2: No, 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 I'll leave it in. I just, I just, I felt... I'm sorry I was on mute. I started laughing really hard. That was I just never thought I would come. Chris Chris,
3: I think the way it's become is in the one thing we established this week is you know, the Steelers are the television show everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates the Steelers. <laughs> it's the first one and the foremost. And you know it. Who, this is no surprise to you. There's no surprise but damn,
1: I mean I just, They're the I empire. Just, Everyone hates the Steelers, man. They're the I bad mean guys.
2: that's that's fine. I just didn't expect the F- <laughs> Oh, no,
0: nobody's listening anymore we are going to wrap up here though everybody that is still listening we're back to your regular schedule programming next week on locked on Bengals locked on Browns locked on Steelers and locked on Ravens I hope you look forward to getting your hosts back I hope you had fun this week until Monday have a good one